episode 30 with Alex Bush. In this episode, Alex and I dive right into a conversation of reminiscing on old times and how things have since evolved over the past five or six years of being friends and running a business together. Alex and I actually grew up together, but didn't really become friends until around 2014 or so when we started to train together and then eventually started a business together. If you love the episode and would like to support the podcast, I would ask for a review on iTunes and for you to screenshot the podcast episode and share it on your story. Be sure to tag me at Austin Current and also tag Alex at Alex Bush underscore underscore. Enjoy the conversation. your face and a while i guess i guess a couple weeks yeah i i uh i've been in kind of a um reclusive state <laughs> which you know about <laughs> how was the podcast this morning oh man it was good yeah yeah we talked about um talked a lot about action and just kind of his experience um over the last 18 months and Cause he's basically been on the road for 18 months and he's, wow. he, he was like, it's, it's probably realistically going to be a, another year and a half before it's like maybe done. Wow. Like this tour. And I'm just like, how the fuck is that going? <laughs> Cause yeah. I remember traveling in 2018 and I was just for like, obviously educating and stuff. And I was just like, fuck, this is exhausting. Yeah. So to be that switched on every weekend and in different countries and different places. And it's just, it's next level. But how are you feeling since uh, Arizona? Pretty good. I'm still like, I can't wake up at a normal time yet, but like the last two days is so, uh, I guess I've been waking up right at, right at the dot seven o'clock and which is normally five o'clock for me. And so like, I feel as though I'm running behind, but it's like my body is still waking up and it's, you know, rhythm. Um, but it's just two hours later. Right. I, I've, uh, I've woken up yesterday was two 30 today was four 30. So I'm hoping for six 30 tomorrow morning. We're <laughs> just progressively getting better and better. Yeah. Um, you know, my amazing sleep habits. Um, well, I think I have better sleep habits than my body allows. Um, right. So yeah, my body has a mind of its own, but what were you going to say before I very rudely interrupted you? Um, oh, who is he running around with? Is he by himself? Uh, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Um, for those listening, we're talking about, uh, Dr. Uh, Shallow. So the muscle doc, um, I recorded a podcast this morning, uh, with him before hopping on here with Alex and yeah, I don't, I don't think he's with any, with anyone. I, I think he's doing a little bit of collaborative work when it comes around, but he's pretty much just got, I think he's got some private stuff. It's mainly private stuff with, with gyms. I know he's doing stuff with good life up in Canada, which is the, their biggest, it's like their LA fitness, if you will. And, um, he's doing stuff with, uh, UP. So he's taking the, taking the place of some other individuals, um, <laughs> as far as that goes. So, yeah. So yeah, I don't think he's doing it with anyone though, which is crazy. Oh, I guess he's doing it with his, um, his, his girlfriend, Kayla, She's a physiotherapist from Australia. So I guess she's kind of helping him teach now a bit. So. Cool. Interesting dynamic. Yeah, absolutely. Traveling like that is not my cup of tea, but to each their own, I suppose. Yeah, you're a little bit more um, 
definitely creature of habit and it's routine. Yeah. And <laughs> I think that's, uh, it's been interesting to watch it evolve. Um, because obviously us becoming friends and meeting in, I guess it would have been 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Ish. And, um, knowing your day to day, like, to-do list in 2014 2015 <laughs> <Yeah>. to <laughs> where you are now is just kind of like it's it's been cool and funny to kind of see the evolution because yeah yeah it, it's to know to know the difference of that and now is is very funny yeah i mean just to give the listeners i guess a little bit of insight in terms of 2014 i was very much so late for things i was very unorganized i wouldn't even call myself organized at this point but i am now going from and five years time frame here, but going from that to now being someone who works very specifically off of timers and waking up at a early hour is very weird to think about just the trans, uh, just things that change, I suppose. What do you think that, what, what do you think the biggest change in that was? Um, grow, growing up, I suppose, going from, <laughs> going from 19 to, to 25 now, um, I'd say that would be the, the biggest change, but also just like taking things more seriously. Um, at, at the time I w would say that I was just, you know, going with things as they came along and, and didn't really have a, a ton of direction. I was very much so just focused on like the next party or, you know, doing social things that was like, and, and you know, this, this was my driving force for everything was being the social butterfly within every scenario to now moving into, I, I don't run away from social things, but I definitely am not near as social as I was at that time. Do you find that affects you or is that something you've kind of leaned into? Um, like in terms of being social still, uh, just being less social over time. Less is that social. something? Well, cause you, you have become less social, I think. Yeah. Obviously now than you were, cause you were the social butterfly <laughs> <laughs> that like you were the most social person I have ever met at that time. And, yeah. um, you know, now I'd say you, you compete with me and un, <laughs> like <Un> disassociating <laughs> unsocialness, disassociating from people. So, yeah. I mean, um, yeah. How's that like? I guess that transition and leaning into that, or is that affected you? I don't know. That's a good question. I, I feel like it definitely affects me in, in terms of like my immediate uh, surroundings. I'm not, I don't have a ton of friends, I suppose. I, I lean into a lot of social things from like a social media perspective, almost a lot of my uh, immediate or like close friends, including yourself are, distant from me. Um, friends are sporadic all over the place. So a lot of my socialization is through FaceTimes and things like that. So I think that uh, now I really lean into, I suppose, my my work and those interactions via my phone. Yeah. It's weird. It's, it is weird. I'm, I've definitely been adjusting to the difference in communication. Like I'm never obviously... You know this, I've never been a, a big social butterfly. Um, but as I've learned more and more, like I do require, you know, social behavior um, as we all do like that. I think leaning into being human is probably the biggest thing. Um, 
that you can do for just overall mental health is just understanding how human you are and that you need things. Um, and you can't operate without an important kind of important, I guess, part of your life um, just completely dismissed. Because, uh, you know, you, you want to like go down this if you want to be hyper productive, you're just like, okay, well, just not gonna, I'm gonna shut out the world, and just go into my own zone. And then it's not like, I guess everyone's different here, but it's not like a week or two later that you're just kind of like, I feel like I got a lot done, but I don't feel as fulfilled as I'd like to from it. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I think that happens to do, like, I think that has a lot to do with being too secular, to being too narrowed with your focus in terms of, not living a well-rounded life in general. And that has been a huge, a huge self-experiment and realization over the last, I don't know, a couple of years for sure. Um, on how do I make this adult thing tick, uh, and mixing personal and professional careers. And it's, it's been interesting. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Cause like over the, the last five years, a lot of our success has come from that crazy drive to just like lock yourself in a room and work for endless hours and not be super phased by it. But then it, it takes you away from the social aspect of things. So then after, you know, the initial three years, I would say for us was like just that, like it was the only social interaction we really had was the two of us essentially. And then, (laughs) and then Austin gets married and has to have social interaction with another human being. And, and then they move across the country and so on and so forth. Like it's been a a balancing act, basically diving headfirst into no social interaction to now trying to be functioning adults. Yeah. So transitioning from college to now I think there's an interesting time for the both of us. Um, so myself graduating in late 2016, yourself graduating in 2017, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so transitioning from like that college hustle, that life that we knew, a completely different way of going about our daily, daily life. Um, and then transitioning into like your full-time what obviously we do full-time now, but what you do full-time uh, in a very structured manner uh, and you do it very well. Like, what do you think? Because obviously uh, people listening are, are coaches or people wanting to become coaches or, or something, you know, that's the majority of them. So what do you think the biggest hurdles were uh, transitioning from that? Because I, I know for myself, there were plenty of hurdles and I know for yourself, there definitely was. So, Yeah, uh, I would say... With the end of school, I was working at the university in the morning uh, with the strength conditioning. So that was my 5 a.m. to 8 a.m. protocols, five days a week. And then I'd have class all day. And then I would transition from there to working at the vitamin shop. And then at night after that, I'd, I'd somehow train in that time frame for everybody listening. And then from there, I would do the online coaching, like the the few clients I had at the time. And so it was like action packed. I had no other choice but to get the work done. So it was just like, I survived because I had no free time, essentially. And then transitioning from that crazy schedule to no longer working at the university, no longer working at the vitamin shop to solely online coaching was very challenging. That's where the 
all of this free time, if you will, became presented to me. And that was the the challenging aspect of like, okay, I am only like, I'm reporting to myself, I'm reporting to these clients, but I'm also just now reporting to myself where I've had a responsibility to report to five other individuals on my the past two years. Now that's gone. And now I have to hold myself accountable was like the hardest thing was like being the authority within myself. And I found myself very much so just kind of Eh, I can do that later. And then stand, and then kind of like putting things off until 10 o'clock at night. And then from 10 o'clock at night till three o'clock in the morning, I was getting five hours of work done that I could have just gotten done at any point throughout the day. And so that was, uh, I would say the hardest thing for me. What about yourself? Uh, yeah, I'd say similar. I think understanding your personality type in terms of, because we're similar in terms of how we will procrastinate things and and then just work these weird hours and then I guess we used to do this we don't we don't do this any anymore we've definitely matured and grown up or have grown up since then and, and matured through that professional process but I think for myself it definitely was a component of also just working in silence can be hard um and who you are when no one is looking um, is, you know, a, a big character building realization that you can have. And I think that was something that was instilled in me. And I know it was instilled in you in terms of just sports growing up and having, you know, the same coaches throughout the years and stuff like that. And for myself, my grandfather instilled that in me heavily was there was always this you know, well, who are you when people aren't watching sort of thing. And that little, his voice is always kind of reigning in my, in my ear, uh, when I'm trying to procrastinate something or I'm trying to put something off. And basically, I think the biggest hurdle was not having to, or no longer checking in to a class or because in, in university, like if I showed up to class and there were days, like there were just months on end where I was just okay, you know, doing that bare minimum, which I don't, you know, I think there's times where that can, that, that's definitely okay. Like I think, you know, whether that was a mental deload kind of auto-regulated in and I was kind of just like leaning into whatever that was, um, at least, at least at university, it was like, as long as you showed up for class and you lifted, you did your cardio for that day or whatever, if you were in contest prep, like you just did yeah. the bare minimum. And then you basically spent the last six hours on the, of the day, like laying on the couch, like a sloth, not doing anything and procrastinating all your homework, all your client work, anything you actually wanted to accomplish. But at the end of the day, it was easy to say, well, at least I did the bare minimum. At least I went to class. At least I got my lift in. Um, but now it's like, <laughs> I mean, there's that component's not really there any longer. No. Um, so it's literally nut up or shut up and, you know, kind of put mon your money where your mouth is and you got to get your work done. And again, like you're just reporting. It's a huge self-discipline thing because, you know, the, the clients you're reporting to, like no one knows that you are a good coach. Like obviously through word of mouth and people, you know, speaking and talking and talking about you and in the brand and whatever else, like, they can buy the law of 
uh, reduction, like they can figure out that you're a good coach. But at the end of the day, it's like, no one knows if you're actually doing your job. Even if you say you're doing your job on social, like no one really knows. Um, so you're only accountable to yourself as far as that goes, which I think that transition from university was, was definitely the toughest and you could no longer rely on just that bare minimum action. Like you had Mm -hmm. to become more structured and, and stuff like that. And so one thing that I wanted to, cause I don't really work, I work off like time. I know we're different in this, but I work off more of like time blocking, Mm -hmm. uh, where I'm not too strict in setting timers for myself, but I know you're a lot more strict in setting timers for yourself. Um, so what kind of sparked that or where did, where did that come from? It started with a conversation with one of our, both of our good friends, Carter Good, maybe two years ago. Um, I was expressing to him, we were sitting down having coffee and uh, I just expressed to him how I was just kind of like so all over the place with doing check-ins. Like there'd be times where I would do them for three hours in a row or, or then, then there'd be times where I couldn't even focus for 15 minutes to get one done or whatever. And so he introduced me to just this time, like this timer. I, f- I forget what the, there's like an actual name for the process or the, the timing yourself. But basically what, what I did at that point was introducing just 30 minute work periods. I, if I'm like, really, really solid, which there's like a couple of days a a week or even just a couple of days a month, honestly, where I can really push the envelope to where I can do like 40 minute blocks. But right now I just like, I'll do 30 minutes and then uh, like a five minute block to where, so like how I split this up is I'll do 30 minutes of uninterrupted work. Like my phone is on do not disturb my, like my laptop, my iPad, everything is on do not disturb. So there's no way for anything to interfere with this. And so I'm just focusing on the singular task, which is huge for me um, because I am someone who can, thinks he can bounce around and this just makes my work go to shit. And so it's singular task. 99% of the time, this is check-ins. And so I'll, I'll give 30 minutes just uninterrupted and I'm very efficient in that. I'll have music on and just go um, making notes and things like that. And then I'll have like this 30 minute break, it doesn't matter if you have to pee, if you get a call, you have to poop, nothing. You can't get up. You just, you're just balling. And so, um, and then you have a five minute break and just keep going. And I'll do like four to five windows of that. And then I'll have a long break where after five windows of 30 minute blocks, at that point, I'll take like a two hour break, whether to uh, go train or do any of the errands that I have for that day and just kind of repeat and uh, like rinse and repeat just throughout the day until I'm done with my work, which is really, I, I, for us, it's like, there's never really a time that we're done with work. It's kind of like, okay, well, I can't do any more work today. What's left is just going to be for tomorrow type thing. Yeah. And I think that was, a, that's also a big hurdle. I think that you get better at with time and, and experience is trying to figure out setting intention each day on a, the most important tasks and, having these moments of, I know you're, you were a big fan of the the book Deep Work by Cal Newport and having these times where you're doing deep work, however you need to organize that. Um, for myself, I don't really set timers, but I think there are definitely moments where I, I should. Um, and I do find, I'd say like three out of the five days a week that I work a lot. Um, 
I probably do yeah three out of the five days. I probably am within a 10 to 15 minute time gap of when I was trying to complete that task by and around the time blocking. Um, so if I was writing an article and I blocked out an hour and a half or two hours, I'm generally like around that time. Or if I blocked out three hours to do check-ins on, you know, Friday, like this is, you know, I, maybe I did it in three and a half or four, but um, because I couldn't focus or something for <laughs> 30 minutes of that. But um, I think there are definitely times like those other two days of the week that I, I know were just complete wastes of mental energy and space um, are, could benefit from that timer, uh, that timer thing. And yeah, I, I think that's probably the biggest thing was setting an intention, setting a few like specific intentions and realizing you're not going to build your whole business in a, in a day. Yeah. And so stop trying to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and oh. Austin, Austin and I both are visionaries in the sense that we have 1 million ideas. Um, if you have any you know, business endeavors that you would like to indulge into, I would recommend coming to both of us because we have every idea I think is possible. And that's a, a blessing, but also a curse at the same time because we can just bounce ideas off of one another all the time. So like having these little blocks is huge for us to just like focus in and hone in on a, a singular task. Yeah, I, I think so we have a meeting coming up as a team and talking about kind of what we want to accomplish over the next few months and staying specific to that. I think that's the hardest thing that I know we all have issues with, and I'm sure people listening have issues with too, is you have all these ideas and you have, you get, you have these issues and focusing on those ideas. And I, I know for the longest time, like I, I have probably 10 projects currently in my laptop that are unfinished, like throughout the last four to five years that I've, you know, that we've been doing this, there's probably at least 10 projects that were like, Hey, that was a great idea. Let's do it. Um, that just were left unfinished because there was another project idea that we had that came along that we we're like, no, let's do that instead. Um, and if you, we, not that all those, obviously like maybe one of those projects would have been a banger and actually successful, but the fact that none of them got put out, uh, now none of them are a success. So, right. um, I, the biggest thing is setting that intention for, or few intentions for for a block of time and just doing the the work. So like I love the concept of deep work, going deep on, you know, one to two things or one to three things, and spending time with it and giving the the time that it deserves because that deliberate action, that intentional action. In a sh you know, in a, in a time block of time, will index way greater than you doing twenty projects half-assed and never launching any of them, and then you literally have nothing to show for it, <laughs> other than like a ton of wasted time, right? And the grind that led to nothing, essentially. Yeah, I, I think that one other thing that kind of branches off of that for both of us early on within creating physique development was that we. Uh, we started with passion, uh, 100%. It was something that was super fun for us. But at the same time, uh, we saw a monetary gain that we both sincerely, I mean, needed. Uh, we were using it to pay our bills and, and things of that nature. And uh, I think that if we kind of let um, that passion ride out without any kind of sale uh, to begin with, like if we would have just like 
went as hard as we did without even ever pitching a sale for the first couple of years, I think that, um, you know, we would have been even more successful early on. I think that what we have now would have been earlier if we would have just let the passion ride and not have an immediate sale, because as soon as we got traction, it was like, okay, we're going to sell something. Cause we, I mean, truthfully, we, we needed it. We were, you know, setting up inflatables at the time, um, <laughs> and, and doing, you know, side hustle type stuff. And, um, so, yeah. I, anybody listening who's wanting to start their business, like just put it out there and don't focus on sales or anything of that nature. Just be passionate, you know, give away things. And, um, you know, that's one, if, if I was to say that there was, uh, something I would have done differently, that would be kind of how we would have approached at the time. Yeah. I remember, um, I remember some of the first, some of the first things that we were doing and, and using. So like, Alex and I, in, in the early days, the inspiration came from other people we followed on YouTube. And I know Alex, Alex introduced me to all these people. I remember him <laughs> first introducing me to, you know, like the Christian Guzmans of the world and, and, you know, the Max Tunings and, uh, the Raymond, the Raymond Kierdos and so the online coach for the, those who YouTube, um, and, and just kind of that whole world of YouTube. And I was like, Okay, I guess I'll tune in and watch these things because, like, Alex was like a religious subscriber oh, yeah. of all these people. Like, <laughs> I would, I think there were there were definitely days where I'd I'd text and ask when we we're going to go to the gym and ask what you'd been doing. And you're like, oh, caught up on all the YouTube videos. <laughs> so yeah. like the first two hours of your day, yeah. Not that mine were any more productive, but um, <laughs> the first two hours of your day were like I caught up on all my YouTube subscribers, um, and. Yeah. So I, I think we got our ideas from YouTube. We got our ideas from these guys kind of like forging this, this thing more and in, more into the public eye. And then one thing I am proud that we, we did do was wait a little bit. Um, you know, we did, I think we, we kind of tested the waters a bit a little early and we weren't overly patient, but we weren't overly eager, eager yeah. either. Um, which was good. And I think, but I, I do agree with you. I think if we were even more patient than we were, the thing, you know, things that are happening currently with, with the physique development would have happened, you know, a year or two earlier. And, yeah. but who's to say like, that was, that would have been right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it's easy to say in, in hindsight that it would have popped earlier. Um, but I mean, to give the listeners some insight, like our first program in which was called, it's not, it wasn't, I don't even remember what this was. I think it was Rekt. Yeah. R-E-K-T. <laughs> yeah. We released a program called Rekt, R-E-K-T, which is hilarious. <laughs> that was all you naming that. Yes, that was your 100%. language. <laughs> that was my language at the time. And I, do, I don't even know if we sold 10 of them. Yeah. I think just around 10. Yeah. I, I would say that we sold. And maybe, it was like $15 or something. <laughs> Um, and I, I remember launching the program and being like, we're going to sell a ton of these and then immediately being hit with basically selling none. And, uh, it was a huge reality check for us, but it was a, and looking back and looking at like our programs now comparative to that one is, is a pretty cool thing to see just because it was, it was something. <laughs> it was everything. <laughs> I mean, it was it was the kitchen sinks of kitchen sinks. Like it was intensity. It was volume. <laughs> it was failure. 
It was, let's try and survive and come back tomorrow. Right. It was 2 a.m. lifts followed by a, a next morning or same day 6 a.m. lift. <laughs> you know, it didn't make any sense. Yeah. But that that's, you know, that's the best shape I've ever been in in my life. That was the most productive years of training I've ever had. Um, you know, the last three years of training haven't been nearly as productive. Obviously, there's other important things happening. Like that was right. the only thing we did yeah. um, at that time. But that said, like I do miss components of just kind of like overthinking things now a bit and just I, I miss the component of us just going in and let's fucking get after it and we're going to work at a higher intensity than otherwise advised mm-hmm. at a higher volume than otherwise advised. And somehow we made it out getting bigger, stronger, <laughs> leaner. Yeah. So our, I don't know how. But. Yeah. Our bodies were extremely resilient. It, it, we did things that I would not recommend to other people. It's like, I, I look back and it's like, we were training twice a day for, I mean, multiple hours. So I would say that we, some days we would train like four hours and, and heavy lifting throughout that time frame. And it's like, I wouldn't advise someone at this time to follow the same game plan at all. <laughs> no, that was also like our social time. That was also true. Like there were so many things happening in those sessions. You know, we were talking about the future, what we wanted to happen, our vision, nothing. You know, we t- just shoot the shit. And then some yeah. sessions were just like, there was no talking at all. <laughs> And then like, there was just so many random, but a lot of, a lot of quality time spent. And, um, I think important time, honestly, for, for shaping the both of us, um, coming from different avenues really. Um, but transitioning a little bit, I want to, I wanted to ask you kind of what was, what's been one of your biggest realizations over the past 12 months? Biggest realizations. Um, a couple, I would say that, um, one I've had, I I have an immense opportunity from, uh, like a a mentorship perspective. I've been very blessed to have as many people kind of in my corner that I've had over the past five years, even, and furthermore, this past year has been probably the greatest degree of support that I've been able to receive from those around me, as well as, um, uh, I guess, like in the network of, of individuals. Um, and number two is that financially, I don't think that, well, what I always assumed what was going to be kind of like the safe haven of um, uh, financial freedom, uh, what that was going to entail and like all the happiness that, that that would it would give me was not what I thought it was. It's just kind of like, you're still like, for me personally, it's like, I hit the goals that I had from that perspective. And then it's just a new one. It's not anything that's like, I've, I've made it type mentality. It's like, okay, you know, next thing up. So finding more happiness, not driven from a financial perspective, but more so from like experience perspective was a huge thing for me this year. Yeah. I think I had a similar revelation. Um, that was, I think a year prior. So after 2017, I think in 2018, earlier on in 2018, it was kind of that realization for me as well. It was kind of like these things that I never thought would happen, happen. 
you know, through our hard work. And it was like, huh, well, that wasn't as fulfilling as I thought it'd be. Yeah. What now? And so I was kind of at this like existential crisis mode of, I mean, not too full on, but, you know, as I get in, in recluse and just kind of lean into my introversion a bit and kind of go off the grid a bit and get in my own head and, and just think. Um, and I think, you know, pulling from many sources, it, it was very helpful, um, again, to have people in your corner and have supporters and, uh, and love and trust of those around you and people that just understand you sometimes more than you understand yourself, uh, which is very important. And realizing that um, for me, like one of my biggest realizations over this last year, you know, there, there are definitely a couple, but um, well, there's been a ton, but <laughs> the couple that are a highlight, uh, one is just feeling utilized. And I know we've talked about this and, and feeling useful within your skill set is a big one. And I think if you're, if you're someone searching for your, I'm not huge in like find your why and all of that stuff, but I am big in into or the, my realization behind usefulness um, within your skill sets. And where I've been the most unhappy was, well, expectations not being met um, leads to pretty sure shot unhappiness. <laughs> yeah. Um, so working on expectations and, and setting those, but also just having feeling utilized and useful within your skill sets. And so if you're searching for purpose or you're searching for something to, to move towards, like I think self-awareness is huge there and self auditing yourself and your skill set or those around you who you trust and love, like figure out what the fuck you're good at or what you could be good at or what somewhat interests you mm -hmm. and try and gain some experience and, and become useful within that, that skill set or that framework. And I think through that you find more purpose. Um, and then the second, uh, well, I could do, I could do three. The second was definitely the expectations thing, um, on many different levels, like just personally, professionally, um, in all everything in between, honestly, in, in measuring expectation, setting expectation, um, and learning from that was huge for me, uh, over the past couple of years. And then the third one being the kind of where, what season I'm in now. And, and that's, I think in the past when I've kind of naturally just as a, as an introvert, as someone who just likes to spend time by myself and to myself. And, um, there are periods of these downtimes where, you know, I don't produce a lot of anything. I just do my bare work and that's all I do for, you know, maybe a month, a month at a time or something. But, I notice after that month, if I lean into that and allow that to happen, the production and the clarity going into that next, you know, let's say three months of being highly productive, like that goes well. Um, but I notice when it doesn't go well is when I don't allow myself to properly lean in to taking that month if I'm feeling like I need, need it. Because I think in the past it was just like, there needs to be, and I think this was a little bit of like projection from people that we follow, right? Like you have the Gary V's of the world who just instill this like tenacious 
pretty unrealistic or unneeded, not even unrealistic, just kind of an unneeded hustle from what you're doing. Like he has his own hustle. He has his own shit. Like he is his own entity of, of human. But I think where I got lost in that side of things was just like, and I think many people too, um, that follow him, um, you kind of just get lost in that hustle. You just like, or you're just hustling for hustle because of the hustle and you kind of lose focus and, you know, you, you lose yourself within that and you kind of go against any natural instinct you have. Um, and you're operating from, like we said in the beginning, it's, it's lean into being human, lean into, are you having a, you know, if you're having a, a down week and you can afford to have a down week in your schedule, just take the down week. Uh, that may just be exactly what you need to, to produce at a high level for the next two months. Um, but if you don't take it, you don't, you don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that I guess one more thing that I kind of came to the realization of this year. And, uh, I would say just like doing stuff that I don't want to do. Like there's, I, 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 <laughs> kind of touching on like me just wanting to always be at home. There would be a lot of stuff that I would just always be like, ah, I don't really want to do that. So I wouldn't do it. And it's like, for example, I was in Arizona this past weekend, which was a fantastic trip and and great from just like getting to spend time with uh, more individuals and, and hearing thoughts and systems and things of that nature. I was really uh, right before the trip. I was like, I really don't want like we had just gotten back from another trip. It's like I don't want to go, and um, I was very pessimistic about it all going into it. And sure enough, it was fantastic, and it was uh, exactly what I needed. I feel so much better coming back, and just like little stuff like that. I encourage you to do the shit that you don't want to do sometimes. Yeah, I think there's massive growth within understanding when to push and when to pull back, um, and that's that's a. I think that's an experience thing. And that's something you, you learn as you become more self-aware of your, again, your, your own personality, your own triggers, your own things of your own, uh, scales of, of measuring overwhelm and, and stress and anxiety. Um, yeah. And again, like those are situations too, that I've gone to, you know, whether it's a weekend seminar or some trip, um, you know, I, I don't, typically want to go anywhere um so the fact that i make myself go on these things knowingly that they're going to be productive like they're going to be good make the most of them um and, and it's definitely huge for for self-growth purposes and so uh what was what was your favorite part i i know we kind of chat about this over text you know when you got back but um just for people like who are hesitant about going to events or seminars, if people that don't see themselves there, I know that's something that you and Sue both kind of mentioned is just like, you didn't see yourself doing something like this, but when you did, it was everything that you needed at the time. And so what was kind of the best thing of, about it? Yeah. I mean, this was the first event that I'd ever gone to that's business oriented. Uh, I, well, you drugged me to my first kind of educational type thing. And I, I mean, uh, those are a little bit easier for me to do. I feel very comfortable in the education setting. This was something that um, I, I was uncomfortable in and kind of just felt, I don't know if, if like the word mastermind just is kind of off-putting to me and I wouldn't even consider, like, I don't know what a true mastermind like looks like, uh, but this was more of just like we had uh, like 
four or five like dear friends of ours being able to talk. So that was nice to hear the the systems that they, you know, utilize how they kind of approach helping more people. I think that that was the biggest takeaway for me is that I I, I, I felt going into it like my my reach within helping others was solely within one-on-one coaching. And that was defeating to me to where it's like, I, I have a cap to the amount of lives I can touch at, at a singular time. Obviously over a 20 year period, I'm going to work with hundreds and hundreds of people over that time frame, which is a blessing, but I, I want to help more uh, like, uh, more people at a singular time. And so them talking about the systems that they put into place that are still very, very helpful, but outside of one-on-one coaching was like huge for me in terms of just our business in general and, and having the opportunity to help more. What would you, what do you think you were most scared of going? Um, being like put on a hot seat because I like of the people that were there, they talk very heavily on their business uh, via social media and things of that nature. So, and I am not, we are not someone who broadcasts, you know, numbers and things of that nature. So I was very self-conscious in that, in which like, that's my personal information, if you will, not something I'm like willing to broadcast. And I was, I was very nervous of that. That didn't happen. I mean, I had some direct conversations with the friends that I already had going into the, the, seminar if you will but that was probably the thing i was most fearful of if if you will yeah and i think that's and then people i mean people make their own decisions there and i think all of us are are very private in terms of and i, I think that's for the best and i think appropriate honestly um for the business we're actually in um but yeah, I mean, everyone has their their reasons for for broadcasting that kind of information or, or talking about it or talking through it. So, um, yeah, there's not a right or wrong answer there. But yeah, we're definitely more private than than most are, and that is okay. And I could see where being on the hot seat, though. Um, so, like every seminar that I've been to, every seminar that I've helped teach, that was that's always one of my biggest anxieties is being put on the spot or being put in the hot seat. And then, honestly. Obviously, there, you know, some stories, there are times where I was put on the hot seat that I was just like, why the fuck does this need to happen? Um, but I got through it. I got over it and it made me better because of it. And so, but there was so many other times where that just doesn't happen. Like you're just, no one is singling you out. No one, it's not that they don't deem you as important or, or present in, in their space, but they're not going to singly like there's so many other people there like there was a hundred there's a hundred people there yeah hundred people there right coaches yeah in their own space yeah yeah so and the the hot seats that were there i I think that they were predetermined like it wasn't like he was just picking out you know random people out of the crowd it was kind of like he had an idea of what their business model looked like um and and one thing i also know is that our coaching is very passion-based um, I'm at a very good understanding that there are systems that we could do that would improve the the business uh, from a financial perspective, but would take away from the client. And I knew that that would probably be something that the, you know, the audience would chime in on. And it's like, I don't know if we are like, I, I don't have any desire to really change those things because the, the, just the connection that we have with our clientele is like something that I know we prioritize at the absolute you know, top of the pillar. So that was another part of it too. Yeah. And I think that's the, 
one of the coolest things about business and doing your own thing is you set the rules. You know, success is measured in, in many different ways. And, you know, I, I think we all agree internally within our, our business that, you know, longevity is most important and impact is most important. And, you know, financial means are met through hard work and consistency and longevity. And that's been something that we've all experienced and continue to experience and will continue to experience if the other boxes are checked and ticked. And I think from my observation of others, uh, just from a critical standpoint or critical eye of, of just light, you know, someone enjoying the business process, um, I, I think there are there are many different ways, there are many different reasons why people go into business and there aren't many that are inherently wrong. Um, you know, so I know definitely know people that are in the, this space purely for the money aspect. And like, there's nothing wrong with that because I know also they, they do right by, for the most part, like they do right by their clients and they, they, they do get results. And, but I know, you know, from, from our perspective, like we'd much rather or we're much more willing to sacrifice the the other for having a more enjoyable experience, getting to know our clients more, um, and that longevity component of all of it. So, yeah, there's there's so many different ways. Yeah, always. Yeah. Um, one thing I did want to ask as well, um, and this could go in in any in any direction. Uh, what is something that I know we talked about biggest realization, but what is something you've kind of changed your mind on over the past one or like one to two years of just, you were gung ho about it. And now you're just like, ah, maybe it doesn't matter. Oh, probably. I mean, probably so many things from a training perspective, just like to get super focused on one thing. Like there's training itself is, uh, ever changing. I'm, I'm sure in two years from now, we'll even, you know, look back at what we're doing right now and be like, damn, that was wrong. Hopefully um, we're not too far off. Yeah, not yeah. too far <laughs> off, but it, there's going to, I mean, and over the last two years, we've changed our programming uh, quite drastically. And, and that's been, you know, super helpful for us. I would say that, um, and just like taking things so abundantly serious is kind of like, there's uh, the way that I previously coached was very, I, I don't even know if I want to call it hardcore, but very sh strict to an extent. Cutthroat. Yeah, and, and I, I've I, I've taken uh, taken a step back there and been like, hey, you know, there is uh, like you've got to coach each individual to you know what their desires are because I've got people who want to take it to that level of which I was coaching everyone, and I and I treat those clients that way. But then there's there's clients who you know just want to look nice and feel comfortable in their clothes and like still be able to do life stuff. It's not all just like, I want to look like Jay Cutler type thing. Um, because that, I mean, that's where things originated for me personally is like wanting to be a bodybuilder from a very young age. And so I coached that way. And so that was a big thing kind of shift over the last two years, I would say. Yeah. Do you think that was learned behavior strictly from, I know you mentioned, obviously I, I know you're you know, your history in terms of getting into lifting and stuff. But um, do you think that was a little bit more learned behavior from coaches that you were either around or interacting with or trying to model or? Yeah, I would definitely say that. I mean, um, 
we, from a coaching perspective, I respond very well to strict behavior, like black and white, you want this done, I'm going to get it done. And so I coached in that fashion as well. And, and, and even to this day, I've got to, you know, sometimes take a step back and be like, Hey, you got to chill here. This is, you know, there's <laughs> this person does not, you know, tick the way that you do. And not, I mean, and that's a big thing within coaching for those listening. It's like everybody ticks differently. And the, a mark of a good coach is being able to find that for that client and work off of that and not try to shove them into this corner of like, you need to be super hardcore and you've got to respond to things this way. And I need to be a dick. And like, it's just not like that. So you've got to kind of roll with it. Yeah. Meeting clients where they're at is huge. And I think that's one of the best things about kind of like how we intake clients, um, by getting on the phone with them and having these conversations, uh, and talking about kind of where that mark is, like what does make you tick a bit and what are the friction points that are holding you back or the triggers that seem to always arise and understanding those things are, are absolutely huge. And, um, yeah, meeting clients where they're at it is huge and not treating everyone as the same avatar is absolutely massive. So, um, yeah, I know all of us have gotten better at that over, oh, over wow. the years. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think I was ever a cutthroat, but I, I, I think I've, I've definitely gotten a lot better over the years at meeting each person individually where they're at. Um, so those who, you know, all like, are like yourself who, who like a black and white sort of look, this is the way it needs to be, do it. Um, if you don't get it done, then we'll have a conversation. And then there are definitely people that are just like, all right, man, no worries. We did our best. Awesome. Proud of you. This is great. Um, and, and we're moving forward. So yeah, I think, (laughs) uh, it's so interesting. Yeah. To look back on just kind of the evolution of all of us and see where those, those things came. And another thing that I've been asking people, um, has been tips for responsible information consumption. So I I think one of the biggest things currently is kind of not only are, are we able to intake so much information and input throughout the day and every single day, but it's a matter of where to look and how deep to go within those. And so, um, just any tips for, for being responsible within that, that process, um, that you have. Yeah. I mean, the first tip I would have is just to not constantly scroll. I I have something that I do with clients specifically is like on, on your iPhone, you have the ability to see how long you're spending on specific apps. Um, and as a business owner that uses Instagram or, or Facebook as a, uh, primary way of, of leading sales, it's going to elevate, but even with just individuals who have no business and they're just kind of, you know, scrolling to scroll, I see some even higher numbers than some of the business owners that I have as clients. So constantly consuming is only going to lead you to more confusion. Even if you know you have, you're going to have people who kind of cross over in terms of similar information, but on the same token, you're going to have a lot of people with different information because there's so much out there as you know, Austin already said, but like, I would say scrolling less, and then uh, utilizing sources that are going to that, like the individual themselves you know, outlines that uh, it's not an absolute. I think that that's the biggest thing within fitness in general is going to be speaking in absolutes and, and 
very infrequently, if ever, will you ever hear Austin or myself speak in absolutes because so much of this is not absolute. It's a massive gray area with almost every topic. So taking that approach of like, if, if the individual is saying like, this is the only way to do this, it's probably not good information um, and moving forward from there. Yeah. I would say as well, um, just to add to that, yeah, I like that answer. And just to add to that, um, or maybe just saying the same thing slightly differently, if, if it resonates a little bit better, is measuring kind of your ROI, so your return on investment based off the source. So I know, for example, when I want to go learn on a topic, like I have a handful of people that I know I can trust on, let me search their site, do they have any articles, do they have any blogs um, that I can read through and and see about how, what they think about it or, you know, using, you know, like something like mass, like a research review or, uh, different research reviews that are out there. Can I go when I know when I go to, to a place like that or to one of these other sources, I'm going to have a big, a large ROI. Uh, I'm gonna have a large return on investment in terms of time spent and knowledge gained from that. And I think scrolling, we tend I try to be very meticulous about it, which is why I hover between following two to 300 people. Um, as I used to follow like 900 people or something, I, I went on a, I just go through these huge like unfollowing sprees. Um, but cause you just accumulate people that you follow and some, some are for entertainment, some are for trying to keep learning. Some are just to support that person. Um, and one thing that I've done over the year or over this past year, really, it, that's helped is I've gotten pretty ruthless with my intention with the platform, why I'm on it and why I want to, to remain on it. And the fact that I just got relentless with who I'm engaging with or following on the platform itself. And so auditing not only your scrolling habits, but who you're scrolling for uh, as well, I, I think is an asset and, and can absolutely absolutely be huge for your, whether it's productivity or outlook on life. Um, and I think one of the, the next things that I, I just want to touch on would be, and something that I know you and I both struggled with has been uh, whether you want to kind of coin it as imposter syndrome or, or uh, the, the, comparison trap um, to either yourself and, and other coaches or business owners or uh, just other intellectuals that you you can't like there's there's just like this barrier or roadblock that stunts you in so many different ways so right yeah what, what's been the one of the helpful most helpful things for you in terms of getting over that um, I like I, I think consuming less content like uh, I was having a conversation this past weekend, just talking about how my creative goes down and down the more that I'm on the app itself, because I am following so many people that are talking about the exact same topics that I should be talking about. And so it's like, oh, well, that person talked about this, this person talked about this. Well, shit, I, don't, I was going to write about that. But since my friend Billy over here already talked about it, eh, fuck it, I'm just not going to post today. And that just cascades. And so one big thing for me kind of like getting over that was creating the content prior to even getting on the platform so that I already had a concrete thing that I was going to talk on, whether 
18 people talked about it or zero people talked about it, I still wanted to get my information out because my perspective is very valuable. Whether we talk about the, like we talk about the same thing, that person's, you know, perspective is going to be different than mine. And we may have some things that overlap, but there's still going to be some pieces in which I speak differently than Billy over here. Yeah. Or even myself. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so you and I, I mean, obviously after spending however, like six years together, um, <laughs> there's still things that we both, it's not that we don't see eye to eye, but it's just the fact that we have different interpretations or experiences with things yeah. or different perspective on different experiences. And we, we've had, you know, hundreds of clients that were different experiences and we had to show up for them in different ways. And then we, we don't necessarily talk about those experiences all that, you know, that much. So, right. um, you have these different experiences and outlooks and it's so important that I, I like the, um, cause one thing that you mentioned obviously through, through text over the last few days has just been how you've transitioned from either writing programs or edu doing education first thing in the morning and you're just sitting down and writing and creating content. And I think that's something that I've gotten a lot better at as well. And writing and creating and doing my creative work before I have any distraction or input of, or compare or have any, even have a chance of comparison to others. Um, because I think it's helpful to at least unload your thoughts first. And if you need to ruminate a bit, like there's an article I just wrote over, um, neat, uh, and just kind of like non-exercise related activity. And, you know, I'm happy with the article and it could be posted. Um, but I, you know, I have planned time today to go back into it and, and revisit it after reading multiple other people post about it over the same subject over the last few days. And I'm just like, oh, that would be good dad. That would be good dad. Um, I could touch on this a little differently. Um, and so I think it's, it was helpful for me to get the, you know, 1200 words out of my head for that article, but also it's okay to ruminate, like don't think it as a race necessarily um, for those listening. So, um, but yeah, the, just the habits and how you show up each day um, in terms of that deliberate action towards not getting trapped in those, those things and understanding where your trigger points are. And like, I, I realized for myself, and I, I don't know if you're the same, but there, there's always those, and it goes through different waves and seasons, but there's always people that I, I some, for some reason, I'm still following that I, every time I see their name or, or whatever their handle or whatever it is, or any type of content come up, it's like a trigger for me. Like I, I get this systemic reaction of like, I, why am I still following this person? I don't need to see this. And then I just, for some reason, um, I, I've gotten following. a lot better at, yeah, I just yeah. keep following them for some reason, but, um, there's, I've gotten a lot more uh, cutthroat about that for sure. Um, as I go through like just massive unfollowing sprees and trying to be a little bit more intentional with what I do input. Um, but yeah, like I think trying to set up your, know your triggers, know your friction points and understand where you're going to trip up. And if you know for sure after you know, after, if you wake up first thing in the morning and you spend the first hour of your day scrolling and tapping and investigating, like 
you know, I, I this morning even I, I woke up at four thirty, but I didn't get out of bed till five because, unfortunately, why I've been able to read like four books this past week is because I have I can't sleep for some reason, and when I roll over instead of picking up my phone, I pick up my Kindle hmm. because which is the huge reason I got the Kindle is because I can't sleep and when I wake up you can't turn lights on in a studio apartment and not wake up your partner who <laughs> sleeps like a rock. Um, but you know, you'll wake them up if you turn a light on. So I couldn't read. So what I would do is I would just get on my phone for hours on end because I couldn't sleep. And then that would bleed into the the, the rest of my day and, and mess that up. So um, being able to, to turn over and just pick up my Kindle and at least read something that I want to read or is, productive or conducive to not putting me in a negative headspace. Um, and I also feel productive when I do that, but I, I don't feel productive when I spend the first 30 minutes of my day scrolling and tapping and doing whatever. And it, it all, it, it has this like systemic effect on the rest of my day. It seems that if I spend the, even the first 10, 20 minutes doing it, it's like, you know, I'll spend the next couple hours just like regretting doing that. Exactly. And I'm just like, well, shit, if I didn't do that, I'd be on a roll now. And it's just, yeah. you know, you just get kind of lost in, in that. <laughs> I, I guess that brings up something else is that like we, we talked about things like realizations for this year is that uh, a comment that I so commonly heard leading into this year was just like you, you win your morning, you win the day type thing. And I was like, that's stupid. I'm barely awake. Who gives a shit what I'm doing for this first hour? Like I'm barely thinking. And that's changed drastically for me is like, you notice as soon as you start to really take control of that first hour, whatever that is, uh, your days start to increasingly get more productive, whatever that could be, or, you know, just better in general, just more positive outlook, not having to run around and, uh, you know, rush and get ready for whatever you have for that day. And just like doing what you want to do for that first hour. If you have to get up an extra hour early, just go to bed an extra hour earlier. It's, it's a weird concept and, uh, you know, own your day. Yeah, no, I, I like that a lot. And that's, that's huge. And that's something that yeah, I've noticed for myself, um, over the past couple of years for sure. And when I don't take control of the first hour or two, when I'm up, um, it does bleed into the rest of my day. And so, and I think there's a, there's definitely a parallel there with, you know, of what we know of, of sleep, for example, um, the, the most productive sleep you're going to have is with within the first few hours that you're sleeping or the first chunk of the night. And then you progressively become less or the deep, you know, your deep sleep cycles. And it's more and more less, you know, less productive. That's not a great way to say that, but it's becomes less productive as you move more into the early morning, um, early morning hours, which is all, you know, calculated through internal mechanisms that, you know, your circadian rhythm keeps track of and, and these little metrics and dials within, within your cells and stuff that don't need to go into now, but yeah, super nerdy stuff, super nerdy stuff, but it's, it's a parallel that, that takes place that you can, you can take and, just as the first few hours of sleep are super important for many different processes to happen while you're sleeping, so are the first few hours that morning. And that's definitely, definitely something that um, will help. So huge realization for sure. And <laughs> you just feel better. Um, ultimately, that's, that's one of the best things you can do for yourself is 
what conditions do you need to set for yourself just to feel better about your day? Whether you accomplished everything you wanted to or not, what conditions can you place on yourself where even if you accomplished two out of the five things you wanted to, like how can you feel better about how your day went? Because you could accomplish all five and think your day went shit too. So um, I think it's creating those conditions for happiness or fulfillment that, and a perspective around it as well um, that can help immensely uh, through that process. But yeah. Yeah. Um, the last thing, one of the last things, I'm sure we'll go off on something else, but one of the last things, it's the last question I love to ask everyone. And, and this answer I'm sure is going to get us off onto something else, but, um, and that's okay. Uh, but what is, what is one thing you're working on personally? So to preface as you want to think, or if you have a thought uh, right now, but for the preface it, it's essentially like, we look up to all these people, right? And we think, I know when we were first starting, we we looked up to these people and we still look up to these people, some of them at least. And we're like, oh, just dude, if I could be that, like, I know they don't have any, any of those same struggles that we have. And like, they got it all figured out and they don't, you know, they're not working on anything, you know, that, that we're working on. And it's just the older we've gotten and the older I've gotten and the more I talk to these people, um, some of them who I've, you know, even said those things about five years ago, I've talked to since and you ask them the same questions and there's, they say the same struggles that you, you currently are probably experiencing. Right. So, yeah. yeah, I would say one thing that I'm working on, um, it's just like being a more team oriented individual. I grew up playing team sports and surprisingly that didn't really influence my ability to, and it did. I, I'm sure that I'm much better than some in, in terms of team play, but I am kind of battling against my own selfish desires almost in terms of like just being only focused on, on myself and, you know, different scenarios. I mean, there, there's a plethora that I guess I could really go into, but like, I, I think that with everything it, it, I would like be putting myself first in, in, in different cases. And so moving towards just prioritizing other individuals and being more in a team setting from a business perspective, all different aspects, I think is my biggest hurdle that I'm currently facing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's a good one. Yeah. I, I think we all kind of struggle. And I think there's, I think there's a level of that to all of us. And I think that, you know, there's a level of ego to all of us that sometimes gets in the way and ego can be your best friend, but also some of your, one of your worst enemies. Um, and we all struggle with that at different points in our life. And yeah, I think that's something that, again, just awareness over time becomes more evident. And I think there's some things you just have to experience first before you can realize what seemed like the better or best option or best approach. So unless you, it's, it's one thing, you know, how many, just for example, how many lessons have you learned in the last few years that you think back and you're like, well, grandparents told me that my parents told me that, yeah. you know, my teachers, my coaches told me that would happen. And I, I wasn't listening, you know, like again, like your parents, your coaches, your grand, like these are all just the same. They're just adults. They're just people who are just trying to figure out how to raise you and tell you the right things or things based off their experiences. And we all 
I think collectively, obviously, all have different experiences throughout life. But I think the bigger, the biggest pillars and foundations of life in our current society, like we share a lot of those. Um, we share a lot of different struggles and insecurities and anxieties and um, you know trigger points for stress and whatever it is. Um, and that's something that I've definitely realized over the past few years is just like these situations that'll happen or come, you know, either get me down or get me sidetracked or frustrate me or whatever. And it's just like, I remember specifically my, my mom or my dad or my coach, like they told me like how to, or they gave me advice and I, I wasn't listening or I, I didn't right. listen or I didn't even take it seriously because you're like, Oh, you don't know. And it's like, no, <laughs> they know. Yeah. I, I think that, that the, the selfishness comes from just a state of scarcity, just like thinking that there's only, you know, so much. And especially in our space you, with most of the listeners here having some interest in fitness, I suppose is, um, you know, that there's only you know so many, a finite number of clients. And it's like, bro, the, the longer you're here, you'll realize that everybody wants to be healthy and there's definitely not a scarcity of clientele. I can promise you that it's just a matter of, you know, and, and so you, you battle that is like the, the one just like tangible piece that many can probably kind of resonate with, but. I like that, man. That's a good, uh, that's a good answer is honest answer. Um, and I appreciate that. And I know people listening will appreciate it. And it's something that so many different things. I've gotten so many different answers from that question over the past 29 episodes. You're, you're the legendary episode 30 <laughs> of the podcast. So congratulations. Perfect. That means something. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not a normal monumental number, <laughs> but hey, yeah. that's all right. Um, well, I could have made you 34, I guess. I could have done that. Yeah, that would have been cool. That, that would have been... really resonated with my. But since he and and what Austin is 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 referencing here is that Bryce Harper, any of you baseball fans out here, which you all should be a fan of Bryce Harper, whether you're a baseball <laughs> fan or just a human fan. <laughs> but That's he fair. previously was number 34 when he was playing for the Nationals. Now he's he's a Philly. He's number three. So this still still kind of fits the bill. Yeah. How did the Packers play? They won. They won. They they played like dirt, but they won. I mean, they played the Redskins. 20 to 15 was the final. Um, so I'll take it. It's a win. It's the 10th win of the season. That's I'm a happy. Idea. Yeah. That's pretty I, good. Yeah. So, so they're 10 and 3, right? Ten, yeah. They're 10 and 3. Two more games. Um we should win out. I mean, it would be embarrassing if we were to lose. And for whatever reason, I'm blanking on who we play on Sunday. And yes, I am clustering myself into the team as in we. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. My, like, it's, yeah. The, it's the collective we. I'm yes. a part of this organization. <laughs> I buy their jerseys. I, I, yeah. Yeah, I definitely spend enough money on the apparel in terms of always having. Because, you know, with with Sundays and, and games, we've had a really rough past two years and I, and I can't wear the same piece of apparel after a loss. It's just not feasible. I will reintroduce a piece of apparel after a couple of wins. So after we, we lost uh, three weeks ago, maybe I have not worn that specific Jersey in a while. Now, if we lose again, if I wear it this weekend and we lose, it's done. I'm never wearing it again. And I have literally been like that. Burn it. Um, 
Yeah, my mom has a story in which I, I tried to flush one of my jerseys down the toilet um, after you delinquent. I was, maybe, <laughs> I was maybe seven or eight, and uh, we had lost twice, or we had lost maybe two or three games in a row. And I had gone to the bathroom. This is a this had to have been a trait that I pulled from my dad in terms of just being ridiculous after the Packers lose. But I did try to flush my jersey down the toilet, um, and my mom will shake her head if she's listening. i love it i love it and if if for those of you don't know um alex was a longtime baseball player and one thing we know about baseball players is that they're irrationally superstitious yes and if you're not superstitious you're at least a little bit a little stitious yeah (laughs) you're a little stitious (laughs) on that note um we'll end it off where can people find you um all that jazz. You can find me at uh, on Instagram at Alex Bush, B-U-S-H, not like the Bush as in beer, uh, underscore, underscore. So that's the Instagram. <laughs> hopefully and they then, type in Alex Bush, you puff up. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. Um, and then you can find just the biz stuff at uh, physiquedevelopment.com. And that's really about it. I, I, I'm pretty one-stop shop in terms of physique development and then my Instagram. I need to be a little bit more diverse, but for the time being, that's what you get. That's what you get. You show up for it. You get it. <laughs> you got it. Good. Yeah. Thanks, Alex. It's been great. Um, Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, man. Any last words? Piece of advice? Wisdom? Um, piece of advice? Just uh, be happy, people. Be happy. That's it. That's it.